you can imagine Jeff Bagwell never used this term, bury me in H. But Jeff Bagwell is a longtime Astro, and he's still giving back to the Astros. Craig Biggio would have probably said, bury me in H, but he never used that term. But he was a longtime Astro. Now the we have Lance McCullers with all these teammates coming and going. Somebody asked him, are you going to leave us too, Lance? And what do you have to say? Nah, as long as they'll have me, you can bury me in an H. And guys, we are Astros fans, and you can bury us in the H as well. And we'll talk about that and more on this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Stros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can you find you at? They can find me in the H, baby, at H Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram, and at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive. Bury me in the H, always Stros. All right, yeah, we are Astros fans for life, and you are Astros fans for life because you make the Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day, where that's on YouTube. Keep on subscribing. We're at uh, 2.8K subscribers. We're almost at 3K. Keep on subscribing, guys. If you listen to the audio, uh, just uh, go ahead and take a second. Just go find us on YouTube and subscribe to us. Give us a big thumbs up as well. And keep on listening to us on your way to work on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep on checking out your uh, Locked on Astros podcast. Make us your first listen. So there's definitely a lot to talk about. And um, I guess we can talk, uh, lead off by kind of what I, I kind of teased the show with, with what Lance McCullers uh, kind of came up and said today was a lot of fans were asking him with, all the fans, uh, with all the players leaving, most notably Carl's Cray, him and Carl's Cray were pretty good friends. I know that Malnado was close to Correa too. Uh, obviously, Jose Altuve was pretty close to him. But uh, McCullers and Correa came up through the minor league system together. They are both top prospects. Uh, I believe they're drafted at the same time together. So yeah. the fact that Correa was drafted number uh, one allowed them to draft Lance McCullers. So these guys have a big bond uh, from the very beginning. And so uh, so I we're going to have some comments on this in a second, but uh, Lance McCullers basically was asked by a fan today. He said, um, look, Lance, are you going to leave us too? And, he, and his quote was uh, basically, look, as long as they would have me I'm going to stay here. I love this city. You can bury me in the H. And it, so um, it's the, the exact word was Lance, will you promise never to leave us? And he said, uh, well, I don't have the exact thing, but yeah, I basically I summarized it. No. Yeah. You, you actually nailed it on the head and phenomenal. And I mean, the, the upstart, well, I guess they're not upstart anymore. Um, Apollo um, Houston you know, who had Carlos Cray and them wearing their H-Town versus everyone shirts already, already 
have a shirt out that says bury me in the H. I mean, they jumped on that. You know, this is something that, you know, came from the heart because I was sitting there going, this is a genius marketing thing. Wait, no, this is something Lance came up with on the fly. And when we interviewed him before last season, Eric, he has this bulldog mentality. Remember, we were talking to him about, hey, who do you think should get this? Who do you think should be the opening day pitcher? He's like me. Why, why wouldn't I say me? I mean, this is a guy who is dying the wool Houston Astros. He he signed an extension, and I know a lot of people have thrown a lot of shade on him because of the injuries he's dealt with, but he is very much your ace. He is the identity of the Houston Astros pitching, whether it's starting, closing, bullpen. You think of Lance McCullers before you think of any other pitcher, and for him to come out and say that, Eric, I think is huge because it would be easy for these players to lick their wounds, to say, oh, we miss Carlos. It's not the same. You know, we, It's going to be hard to replace him. No, they've moved on. They are like, they've gotten over it. And you know what? They've got a title to win. They've got a World Series to go back to. They've got an ALCS to go back to. They've got a division to win. And Lance has just got to get back on the mound and be healthy. And even in this state, even knowing that he's not in the starting rotation, Eric, he's coming out saying this. And I think this is comforting for both Houston fans. It might provide a little bit of cover for the front office as well. Yeah, for sure. So uh, definitely in that situation, it's kind of weird. But um, um, Lance McCullers was asked by Mark Berman. He kind of brought out a lot of emotions with Lance McCullers today. And he said, well, how do you overcome uh, losing guys like Dallas Keuchel, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, George Springer? And um, he said, how will you survive uh, back without Carlos? And he says, it's um, kind of one of those things that you just have to. You have to be able to move on, focus on winning baseball games. We've have done a great job. Uh, we've um, guys have gotten called up. Guys who've been here have taken it to another level when opportunities have been presented to themselves. And we're looking to do the same thing this year. And we're looking for some of our guys that have been really a big part of our team continue to do so. Looking for those guys compete for MVPs, compete for Cy Youngs, reliever of the years, and keep building on what these guys have helped build, which is an amazing foundation and a winning culture. Those guys are no longer in our clubhouse, but the impact they have made on individuals and teammates, they were. Like Carlos, the leader he was, that hangs around, that rubs off on people. And also when he was asked about um, would it be painful to see Carlos Cray in a different uniform compared to the other players, he said, I don't know. We'll see. It kind of it kind of sucks so far when I've seen other guys. I'm sure it'll be worse though with Carlos for sure because like they've yeah. been so tight. I mean, you know, we even talked about it. We even asked them who would win in an MMA fight, you or Carlos, and he clearly said it would be me because I've got I you know I'm I'm lower to the floor than Carlos. Carlos is tall and he gasses out easier. I'm in better shape, and so they have that. You know, you saw them at the UFC fights. You. You see them out doing things together. I believe the McCullers are the godparents to Kylo Correa. Right. And so, I mean, this this is where, you know, um, blood is thicker than water, you know, family over everything, any kind of phrase you want to think of. These men are going to continue to be friends off the field. And of course they hate it. It's like Jose Altuve, when he was asked, he said, I, I've played my entire career with him. Like I, I haven't known any other shortstop other than Carlos Correa as the mainline shortstop. And so um, there is going to be an adjustment, but you know what? They're professionals. They're, they're not little leaguers. They're not, you know, some like 12U team that's losing their best player to another team across the 
city, they move on. Um, they they will they will um, compete just like they've competed in the past. Um, Jose Altuve will take Pena under his wing. Craig Biggio has been mentoring Pena, and you'll mention here in a little bit when we talk about other players, the Astros are very good about in-house talent that has retired and keeping them in to mentor these young guys. So I really think, though, if any team can withstand losing a frontline player like Carlos Correa, it is the Houston Astros. Yeah, for sure. And I I believe that Lance McCullers also said that um, Carlos Correa texted him late at night and and told him, hey, I'm going to be signing with the Twins. And uh, McCullers never returned his call because he was asleep. Or <laughs> so, wow. uh, th- but then they w- went ahead and uh, returned messages the next day, and they they both talked it out. And I'm sure it was that uh, everybody understands the situation. Carlos had to do what's best for Carlos, what had to do what's best for his family, and what they thought was best for the organization. Whether th- we still don't know what really happened there, uh, we won't really know until the truth comes out like somebody's got to leak it. Ken Rosenthal or somebody's got to come out and say what really happened. Did the Astros really ghost Carlos Correa? I don't know. Uh, I do know that there's a lot of talk out there that the Astros were still having negotiations, but you know, what's not talk is that uh, a certain old veteran is uh, coming back, even though he's a hall of famer, he's coming back and helping the, the younger Astros become a great uh, player. And so uh, great players. So we'll talk about that in, in a second, but you know, what's also great is uh, knowing who to bet on and let's go ahead and take it second and talk about betting. Yeah. So betonline.net is your leading source for all your betting needs. You need to realize that the sweet 16 and elite eight are upon us. The university of Houston Cougars are there from the latest odds contest to player props. Betonline.net is the number one source for all your betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. That's right. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All righty. So if you want up and close um, personal FaceTime like Brett just had with the Astros prospects of tomorrow, why don't you go check out the uh, Locked On MLB prospects with Lindsey Crosby. He does a great job covering not just the Astros prospects, but all the prospects. He was just talking uh, in a call earlier today that he doesn't even agree with MLB pipelines um, uh, rankings of their their prospects. So uh, you have to go check him out. He knows everything about prospects of today and tomorrow. And speaking of prospects, we got to talk about what Jeff Bagwell is doing. Jeff Bagwell, this was a guy that was kind of staying out of the, the, um, just out of the picture for a while. Then he became a a hall of famer. Now he wants to, I know he was a hitting, uh, for half a season, he was the hitting coach for the Astros, but, uh, he didn't really want to do the whole lifestyle of going traveling on the road and everything. But during spring, for the past couple of springs, he's wanted to give back. He's wanted to work with some of the kids, and that's what he's doing. And uh, what he said about being uh, working with um, the young kids mostly, I mean, not just them, but I'm sure he's working with Yuli and Jose oh, yeah. Tuesday. But, he but said, you know, to them, but you know, to him, they are all kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he keeps on using the term kids. Uh, so he, he says it means a lot because Craig and uh, I guess um, 
actually, this is what Altuve said. Um, it means a lot because Craig and Jeff, they communicate really good with all the players. I ask them questions and they're always willing to help Altuve said. And this is what Jeff Agwell had to say. Now I know all the kids and the names. I think they feel comfortable around me now. They can ask questions and talk about the stuff so they understand what they need to do to get to the next level and get better. All the kids. I just enjoy it. So can you imagine Yuli Gurriel being called a kid? Hey, kid, <laughs> come here. Hey, kid. Hey, kid, you're almost 40. But, you know, here's the thing, though. Um, we saw him early on, I think one of the first days of spring training, where he was working with um, Pedro Leon. He was working with, I don't know if he's working with his load or his hand, but you could tell he was instructing him. And so it was just one of those things where Jeff Bagwell had been, yeah, he has kind of become Uncle Jeff, like Dalton um, Ross says here on the show, a, um, a viewer tonight. He is one of those guys that has, he was always introverted, Eric. He was, he was not your, you know, showy out in front vocal guy. Um, I, I believe him and Biggio weren't, they weren't very vocal in their playing career, but Craig Biggio was a little more in tune with that than Bagwell was. Bagwell was always kind of a mystery after he, because, you know, his last year or two, even though they had those runs in 04 and 05, he really was not an ultra effective part of those teams because of his shoulder injuries. His shoulder had just, just been destroyed by the cortisone shots and all that stuff. And so he, it was like he kind of bowed out of public life for a while. And it's really good to see him back because it seems like every time we see him, every year we see him, he just looks better and better. And when I say that, he just comes across as a guy that is not just retired, but he's enjoying retirement. He's enjoying his life. He he enjoys giving back. And I especially love when he's on the broadcast because Jeff Bagwell has insight of a Hall of Famer. And right. not only that, he's got a dry sense of humor. Um, he adds a personality, I him think. Him and Blum what, are great. Yeah. Oh, him and Blum are phenomenal. You know, Callis is your good, like, solid um, TV veteran, right? He comes from the TV family. Blummer is your guy that's played. And then Bagwell brings that personality. And Bagwell will call out players. He will throw shade at the other team. Um, I just absolutely love his his moniker. I love the way he carries himself. And he is one of those professionals. He was actually my daughter's first and still her most favorite Astro player of all time. And I remember years ago getting a picture with him with my daughter when we did one of those Nikon um, take pictures with the team days. So Jeff Bagwell, I've always thought that he was a great player. I know for you growing up, he was your favorite player. Yeah, uh, he's the reason why I like the Astros, baseball in general. My my family was not a big sports um, family, but just something about Bagwell, the way he swung the bat, just uh, the way he played baseball just drew me to the sport. I mean, we would go to games, but nobody in my family really knew much about it. But just watching him through the early 90s, I became a baseball fan, and I, I, when I – we didn't have cable, so I got a, a job just to afford cable on my own just to watch the Astros play, and that's how I became Astros fan. Uh, but I know that the uh, Pesky Report wants us to talk about the letter. Guess what? We are going to talk about the letter, but not quite yet. There is something that I do want to address real quick, and it's the fact that Dusty Baker still has not played any of the regulars yet. Three games. Three games, and we have not played any of the regulars. No Jose Altuve's, no Kyle Tucker's, no Yuri Gurriel's. There's got to be some type of logic there, right? Yes, there is. He's he's actually addressed it. 
Right. Yeah. So, we, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. actually we actually talked about it um, on in my solo show when you were out enjoying yourself with the King of Country. Um, I um, I actually hit on this, but go ahead. Do you have some quotes from him? Oh uh, yeah, he just said that um, that they're taking a gradual port, uh, approach and that they want to make sure these players are going deeper into the season. And uh, this is what you know. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> Thoughts by Dusty. It's been a while since we did that. Just because the schedule says the games start a certain day on your body, it's still day five or six. Under normal circumstances, you wouldn't have played your position guys this soon. I'm trying to use our fitness guys, the age of our team, and some of our players and my experiences of my past. And he also said, you know, they they basically played into the playoffs. They played into November. Right. And so, you know, he's making a case like, hey, these guys need a little bit more rest. And Eric, they've got a ton of young guys up. I mean, they've got a ton of guys that I don't think anybody's ever heard of. Um, so obviously pitchers need to get more work. And so they're in there. Um, but yeah, it's I, I think it's kind of fun seeing a bunch of guys that you've never heard of get out there and get hit, slap opposite field singles, you know, score runs, um, just just to get some – because, dude, this is a seasoned group. This is a veteran – we're not a young ball club anymore. Yeah. So um, he also went on to say that I was going to start everybody on Tuesday night, but then I saw that they are facing um, – who are they facing? Jacob deGrom. And I'm like, they can't be facing somebody like that. They haven't faced any live pitching. So and- wait, hold on. So he's willing to throw the rookies out there. He wait, this this is actually this is funny logic because if it were me, I would think I want my veterans out there, not my rookies. My rookies are gonna get chewed up and spit out. Yeah, so this is exactly what he said. They haven't faced anybody, and here you are facing the hard throwing Mets at night, which makes them doubly um, which makes it doubly tough on them. And potentially if a ball is buzzing close to them, you're not ready to get out of the way. Too many bad things can happen. I think <laughs> Dusty is Dusty's acting. Dusty's like these, the, these are my kids. My sons <laughs> have gone from the minor leagues to the major leagues and little league. And we're going to make sure that does so hold on does does he have them wrapped in bubble wrap while they're on the sideline is he like no running no sprinting i'm joking like but you know i get it you you do okay this is dusty baker eric this guy's been doing baseball as long as we've been alive and and i think he knows a thing or two i think if there was any like concerns like you know coming into camp altuve swing is not right or someone's mechanics are off or, or, or something's not there. I'm pretty sure they'd be getting reps, but I promise you they're getting plenty of reps on the backfields. If you watch the videos that McTaggart, that Rome, that these guys put out, I mean, they're working, working, working. And so a lot, all the mainline guys are getting their reps in, right? They're just not, you know, Hey, I don't mind them not facing Jacob DeGrom, but I would just, to me, it would be opposite. Like I want the young, I don't want the young guys baptized by fire like that. I want my vets to get out there, but Hey, you know what? That's why he's the manager not me. Here's the people that should be in the lineup versus Jacob DeGrom though. It should be Kyle Tucker, Nico Goodrum, Chaz McCormick, and Jason Castro. And guess who's going to be on the mound? 
your favorite pitcher, your number one guy. It's Jake Odorizzi versus Jake Jacob Odorizzi. DeGrom. That's right. He is my ace number versus one guy. Ace. That's right. Hey, and Pesky Report says uh, Dusty Baker's social security number is one. <laughs> That's funny. That's why I put that up there. That's good humor. I love it. Um, you know, Eric, here's the thing. This year, we're going to see some breakout performances coming from Corpus to Sugarland. Um, we may see some pitchers come out of Sugarland to Minute Maid Park. I don't know a, a lot of bats are going to come out, but I really think that someone like Taylor Jones is going to be a factor at some point in this lineup. Um, depending on where Chaz McCormick ends up and, you know, Jake Myers, you could see Pedro Leon make his way up to the majors at some point. So I want to see these young guys, the Alex McKenna's, um, the, the Jimmy Easterbees, these guys that we've interviewed, Joe Perez has been getting work in. I want these guys getting reps. They need it. They need it. They need it. Because remember, all these guys in the minors, a lot of them had that shortened year where they didn't have much of a year in 2020. So they're still a little bit behind. Yeah, you definitely need the right parts in your minor league system. And speaking of parts, let's talk about rockauto.com. So rockauto.com is your place for the parts that you need for your car or truck. That's right. Rockauto.com has been around for 20 years. They are a family-owned business. They have an easily navigable website and the parts that you need. Why would you go to an auto parts store or a dealership to go through the arduous process where they can give you one or two options? They upcharge you because you're not a mechanic, not rockauto.com. Put in your make, your model, the year, and they give you a multitude of parts. Why spend 30, 50, sometimes 100% more on auto parts when you can go to rockauto.com? So go to rockauto.com and search for your maker model, whether it's car, truck, van, whatever you drive, and have it delivered to your house today. I mean, you can't drive your car if it's broken down. You can't drive to the auto parts store. Have them deliver it to your doorstep. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business, and when you go there and purchase any part that you need, in the how did they, how did you hear about us box right locked on so that they know that we sent you rockauto.com reliable low prices um and an amazing website easily used all the parts you ever need at rockauto.com all right so i believe that's all we have to talk about in the show nothing else is breaking news right no uh, no stop stop ahead. stop uh, no we can end this stream right no you're not i'm not gonna let you do that you must be paid by the yankees right now sir no 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 yeah have... no 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 let's cut this podcast uh, um manfred's calling me um yes sir yes sir uh i'll go ahead and yes uh steinbrenner okay. uh yes yes okay steinbrenner yes. wait hold on oh how Stein? i was like steinbrenner wait <laughs> what is he is this the mafia calling us no <laughs> um so the news came out now the letter won't technically come out for like two weeks i believe right. there's like a two-week waiting time but the letter has been ordered by united states district court to be unsealed and you you know what you know what's the funniest thing about this letter is yankees fans are actually and now this is on twitter they are cheering for the letter to be so damaging that every front office person gets canned and gets fired because they they are so upset at their ownership for not spending. I mean, they signed Marwin <laughs> Gonzalez and not Carlos Correa. So they are upset with the, with the Yankees. They got the wrong office. cheating Astro. They did. They got Marwin Gonzalez and he shaved his beard. He looks terrible. I'm sorry, Marwin. The beard is gone. The power is gone. What have you and done to Marwin? That- 
And he's the one that benefited the most from the cheating scandal. Right now, he'll make a million dollars if he makes it to the big league club. So signings by the by the Yankees, Rignetto Dor, Joey Gallo, Marwin Gonzalez. That's a winning ball club, folks. All right. So the New York, the Yankees letter will be a secret no longer. A court has ruled nearly two years after a federal judge ruled that letter detaining detailing a 2017 investigation into the Yankees should become public document. The uh, U.S. Second Circuit Court of Appeals have rebuffed the Yankees and Major League Baseball's request to keep the letter private. The Yankees and Rob Manfred um, and MLB now have 14 days to decide whether to appeal the unsealing of the letter. Um, and they've both uh, the baseball and the Yankees have declined comments. Um, basically, uh, it, the, it's a lawsuit over the daily fantasy implications over electric uh, sign stealing. And uh, we already know about the whole Apple watch scandal between the Red Sox and the Yankees. And basically um, what the Yankees are saying is that they feel like there's something in there that while it's not as bad as what the Astros did, what the Astros did was much worse it still will be damaging to the reputation of the organization if the contents of the letter comes out. And the MLB says, no, this is a storied franchise. You cannot ruin this franchise. <laughs> well, this is also what is what has been mentioned by um, Levine, who is one who is the president of the Yankees. He basically said most of what is in this letter is already known by the public. That's what they're yeah. claiming. Okay, well, if that's the case, Maybe. I don't then know. you know what? Show the letter. You know, I mean, even if we open the letter and it says psych, just kidding, or Carlos Beltran really, really is the one behind it all. I mean, the bottom line is, I think the public has the right to know. Um, Astros fans have the right to know, especially what the Astros players have been through. And I know people are like, oh, you're shouting at the tides. I know Sully tells me that all the time, or the Astros brought it on themselves, yada, yada, yada. We know that. We know they cheated, blah, blah, blah. But what this letter, I hope, shows us is that the league did everything they could to cover up the fact that the Yankees and other clubs were doing some of the same things. It doesn't make, now listen to my words, it doesn't make what the Astros did more right. It doesn't make what they did right. They still, What they did was wrong. It was breaking the rules. But they have been scapegoated. And if you have a pulse and you don't think the Astros are the scapegoat of the Major League Baseball, then you need to stop watching baseball and go watch bowling, go watch curling, whatever it is you want to watch. It is locked on Astros. You, why did you throw me into the single? Are you, are you trying to run from my opinion, Eric? Because let me tell you something. Y'all, you all need to know that ye who is without sin casts the first stone, number one. Number two, it's about time some other teams get their druthers and start taking it on the chin like we have. You don't have guys in your team getting FL2 thrown at them. You don't have players' families getting like demoralized when they go to games. Like, get over it. If there's something in there, let's hear it. If there's not, I could care less. 2017, the Astros are still World Series champions. We've still been to five straight ALCS. Even though we lose big players, we still do big things. So I just, you know, I, I just get so tired. Like Yankees fans, 
the second the tide turned on this, they started acting like, oh, it's no big deal. Of course you do, because you don't you're scared as hell that you don't you don't know that you're going to like what it comes out of this letter. So what do you think, Eric? I mean, do you think it's a whole bunch to do about nothing or what? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I thought you had a monologue going there, so I was going to give you your your um, front page. So. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, fine. sorry. That kind of uh, threw me off. You got to you got to give me a warning before you do that, because I was staring at myself <laughs> going, wow, that's a that dude's got a massive noggin. It's like uh, anyway. Sputnik. Uh, so Andy Martino has written a book about the Astro scandal, and he said uh, the best way to summarize my reporting on the Yankee letter is they could contain references to replay room code breaking, which they and other clubs did in 2015 to 2017-ish era. MLB never found evidence of New York Yankees doing what the Astros did. Electric real-time sign stealing, no one on base. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so wait, are you, wait, hold on. Was that like a Greenbow, Alabama lawyer, like an Alabama lawyer accent? I don't know. That just kind of out. went, it kind of went from Alabama to Kentucky there. <laughs> wow. You would like went in and out of voices. I didn't know what was happening there. It's like an I'm outer body making experience. making fun of him. Just, um, and it's all good. But all he good. said, it's not a sample. They did not dig. You don't, didn't. They didn't. You don't change. have to. You don't have to use an accent. You can just read. I'm just making fun of him. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and the other clubs lived in the gray area pre 2017. Mm, imagine that. But the that. Astros' offense was unique. Bane, bane. The question will be, what did a team? do after Manfred's t- uh, 9, 15, 17 memo saying stein- sign stealing is bad and it'll be enforced. It's naughty. Uh, so, the- <laughs> so, the, so the pesky report says green, Greenbow, Alabama. And uh, this letter is uh, for a time prior to that. So basically they're saying that it's before the Manfred letter. So whatever. Well, here's the thing. We all know that sign stealing is a part of the game. Nobody denies that using electronic devices to gain an edge on your competition is wrong. Even when it happened in the 50s, even when it happened in the early 1900s in baseball, it was still wrong. What happened was I believe baseball had on their hands a problem that was about to get out of hand. That is number one, why they gave the Astros immunity. Number two, why they didn't focus on any other team. Number three, because the Brewers had reported the Dodgers. We actually have film footage of a Dodgers coach wearing an Apple watch at first talking to the guy at first base. I mean, you have all kinds of stuff going on. And so at the end of the day, who gives a fly and flip? Open the letter, and really, I really don't care what it says. I just like getting under the skin of Yankees players. What is the breaking news, Eric? The Astros have signed a minor league pitcher, a left-handed, or not? I guess he's not a minor league pitcher. He's a left-handed arm to a minor league contract. They they signed two. I know, but they did one today. I don't know if he covered the other guy, but this is a big time arm. He's going to rescue the Astros season. Are you ready for this? Adam Morgan, uh, he played for the Cubs and he he was a starter at one point, but uh, he, he is 32 years old. 
He has a um, he had a 4.26 ERA last year with a 25.9 strikeout rate with 11.1 walk rate, which is not great. Uh, 44.8% ground ball rate. And he did uh, pitch out a rotation um, in 2015 to uh, 2016. But uh, he, he was able to add some extra velocity to his fastball um, mm. uh, once he moved to the bullpen. So he pitches in the like 90-ish mile per hour. And so 93.6, I think, uh, between 2017 and 21. And he has a 4.13 ERA through 172 relief innings. Um, he has shut down uh, lefties to a 1.198 batting average. But right-handers do give him a little trouble with a 2.281 batting average. So uh, Yeah, 191, 281. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The Astros have two left-handers in the bullpen. One, which is on the Major League roster, and Blake Taylor, and two, John Bermudez, who would have to make the 26-man roster in order to be a factor in the bullpen. Now, the 40-man roster is full. So for these guys to come in to compete for a spot, somebody's going to have to lose their spot to bring them up. The Astros have hardly any left-handed pitching, and that's what stinks about that's why a lot of fans have asked for the Astros to go out and get relief pitching left-handers in the offseason. Like and they've passed Zach up like Roscup. <laughs> no, not like Zach Roscup, like Andrew Chafin, like guys out there <laughs> that are legit big league left-handers. I'm talking I'm not talking about these two guys they signed. They signed them because they said they need them, you know? And so I just I, I really hope that at the trade deadline they pick it up in this area because they are sorely, sorely missing. And, um, Hey, good night, pesky report. Thanks for watching with us. And at the end of the day, I think they're going to make the right decision. Um, but I made a little connection, Eric today, and I hope I'm not right. Do you remember the Rays logo used to be raise up? It was like raise up was their like theme for the year. I think it was a year or two ago. The Astros theme is level up. James Click came from the Rays. Are we becoming the Houston Astros? Are we becoming the Astros turning into the Rays slowly? And are we going to start going on the cheap? Like, is this a trend that's going to make us trend downward as a competitor in the American League? I, I just, I'm starting to kind of connect the dots and I hope I'm not seeing the writing on the wall that I think I'm seeing. So I, I just... I don't want to go so cheap on arms that we're trying to be the freaking mm -hmm. Rays again. You know, the Rays would not have um, signed Justin Verlander. Well, okay, that's yeah, but but they also never had Justin Verlander to sign. So yeah, they but I'm Chris just Archer. saying. Then, yeah, but that's not that's nothing compared to Verlander what he got. Well, My point is this, okay. It might be a little ridiculous point to make, but I was like, that's eerily similar. Raise up, level up. Come on, man. Like, like we cannot take on the whole mantra of the race. We're 30 something million under the CBT, under the, the first like tax. I, like, let's I go spend. I see where you're going with this, Brett, okay. but I think uh, that James Click was brought in for a reason. A, they needed a GM and he was one of the top candidates available. 
And uh, B, uh, I think uh, Jim Crane was like, look, I've got all these big contracts here. I need to find a way to get some uh, players with a very little bit of money. And so what's the best way to do it without with maybe the Rays philosophy of finding players like um, like uh, what's the pitcher from last year? I can't think of his name with the long hair, um, the reliever. Um, you talking about you talking about Matan? You talking about no. Stanek? Stanek, yeah, Ryan Stanek. <laughs> the, wait, you said the reliever with long hair. He's Stanek, dude. Stanek yeah. causing panic on the mound. Come on. I, I forgot his name for a second, but Stanek, uh, like you got him for a pretty good deal. You, you and then uh, you you get those uh, players on the cheap who actually perform for you. So that's those are raised types moves, but they're still making Astros moves. We are not having the same. Uh, type of salary so it's not fair to really make that comparison i know where you're going with that no, I mean, yes, right yes no. we're not we're not at the luxury tax threshold yet we still have that 30 but keep in mind uh we we uh we don't know what we're going to need at the trade deadline so you we want to leave that relief pitching okay we well we can get that at the trade deadline <laughs> wait for it be patient okay so so here's the thing i i'm just like i said i Maybe, maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse and, and maybe you, you are the voice of reason to talk me away from the ledge. I just really believe that the, that the Astros, if they don't make significant moves mid season to get left-handed pitching help, it's going to spell disaster in the playoffs. You have to have those left-handed pitching Pitching, options. Pitching in general. Yeah. And uh, if, uh, if Pena is not the guy. You got to upgrade at shortstop, whether it's go trade with the twins for, uh, or that would, that would be odd. Wouldn't it? That would be uncomfortable. Yeah. Why don't you trade for Gary Sanchez? (laughs) That would be funny. Mm. (laughs) And why don't you bring up Gio, uh, Gio Arsla too? (laughs) Wow. Eric's like, (laughs) I know. Good Lord. So, well, Hey, you know, here's the deal. And we, we probably need to wrap it up here pretty soon. The Houston Astros are going to have a highly successful year. They're going to do very well with this lineup. And we will here in the next here in either this week or next, we'll hit our opening day lineup picks, our yeah. opening day um, starting rotation. Um, we do that we, tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, who we think, well, but I mean, I think you, you look at pitching rotation, relief right. pitching on relief pitching. I want to wait a couple of weeks because I need to see who's in camp and who's I'm ready. Really getting ready. Um, I'm ready. It you, depends on the visa. Issue, you need though. a couple weeks. It no, depends you, on the, that's the what I'm saying. You yeah. need a couple weeks. So let's hold off on the relief pitching. We can go through our lineups tomorrow night. Eric will share his, I'll share my opening day lineup, and then he can share his five starting pitchers or six or seven or eight. And I'll share my five. righty. So, um, no, I have not seen, um, uh, Yuli's new swing, uh, but we'll talk about that later. But guys, thank you for listening to Locked on Astros podcast and make sure you go ahead and make us your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, please take a second. Help two uh, podcasters out, two local podcasters. 
uh, just help us out. Help a buddy out. And I just bury us in the H. Bury yeah. us in the H. We'll be- <laughs> anyway, uh, but also uh, make sure you listen to us on your way home on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Check us out and make sure you check out our friend Soli over at the Locked on MLB podcast. I'm sure he's talking all about everything that's going on and uh, talking about how the Astros could not sign Carlos Correa. That was the ultimate mistake by Jim Crane and the ownership. So go check out Sully and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Go strips.